A first date at a Springsteen concert? Sounds amazing, right? Well, wait till you hear how this one ended. Hi, I'm Ted Canova, and welcome back to my new podcast, That One Lyric, where fans choose a lyric and describe how it shaped and impacted their lives. In our first two episodes, Jonathan and Lori each picked That One Lyric from Springsteen's Songs That Rock. But in an instant, they took me to unexpected terrain with honest conversations. And I can tell you too were captivated by their honesty when I read the online ratings and reviews. Add your review to Apple Podcasts and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for a must-have hardcover. Bruce Springsteen, The Stories Behind the Songs by Brian Hyatt. Now let's see where this episode goes. Mitch Slater and I have yet to meet but I've learned we've practically stood shoulder to shoulder at some amazing Bruce shows. And that one lyric he picked ignited something special. Mitch, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm great, Ted. You know, hanging in there. Well, when I invited you to appear on this podcast, yes, you were excited, but your anxiety level went through the roof. What the heck happened? Ted, I have to tell you, I'm someone who's done a lot of TV, done a lot of radio, host a podcast, Media has always been part of my life. I worked for Larry King. And now, Network Radio's number one interviewer, Larry King. Thank you, Fred Larry, and good evening, everybody, on this Friday I worked for Howard Stern. 7.53, DC 101. I can't believe how good the National Enquirer is this week. I get nervous about certain things, though. And this drove me up a freaking wall. <laughs> You're asking the ultimate question of choosing my son or my daughter. I'm just letting you know that songs like these are like children to fans like us. And each one is a special representation. And for me, to narrow it down to one lyric in one song is really one of the greatest challenges I've ever had. And I thank you for giving me that opportunity right now. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for at least trying to make the right choice. I, I, maybe there's not even a right choice, right? Because our favorite lyric or a lyric we want to talk about could change based on what's going on in our life. Haven't you found that? Oh, absolutely. And when I narrowed it down, say, to about five or six songs, each one of those songs had something specifically to do with my life. Get from my there was a line from The Fever, which I could have used. Obviously, Living Proof. The birth of my son. I mean, you could go on forever with meanings from all these different songs, but I was able to choose what fit. Not just in what's going on in our lives today, but something that I think has been going on for a long time. Let's go to the beginning. When did you get turned on to Bruce Springsteen first? I always have to give credit to my friend Jamie Halper when I was 15 years old, growing up in Springfield, New Jersey, who was running around telling everybody about this guy down the shore. And to be perfectly frank, I was into tall. Zeppelin. Pink Floyd. I mean, I listened, but I wasn't paying attention. But then, in the fall of 1978, I'm about to be a freshman at GWU, and of course I meet a girl, and she's going to the Capitol Center to see Bruce Springsteen, and I was able to get tickets through DC 101, where I was already doing an internship, and I nailed fifth row. There was no pit back then, so there were just chairs watching the band. And I became the ultimate fan, I would say, by Spirit in the Night, which for many of you listening know 
was always the third song of the night, and Bruce came out into the crowd. Crazy that's amazing. At least you went to the show. It harkens back to the John McEnroe story that he was invited to that CW Post show. Hey, come see this guy. Come see this guy. And he didn't go. And I think he may have said it's the biggest regret of his life. I love that story. Can you put a number on how many Bruce shows you've seen? You know, I stopped counting at 250. 250. Thank God for my wife, because someone had to raise the kids and someone had to see Bruce Springsteen. And we made the choice very early on in our relationship. Oh in fact, my first date with my wife, Leslie, was Shocker, a Springsteen concert in Philly in 1985 on the Born in the USA tour, almost in the last row, a phenomenal show. But right before the encores, she's complaining. Oh, I've got something in my eye. I've got something in my eye. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And of course, this was this incredible show and I'm not going to miss the encores. There's Twist and Shout and Detroit Medley. And then the show ends and she's gone. Oh, my God, Mitch. <laughs> I see a security guard. I said, did you, do you have any idea? Did you see someone run out of here with an eye issue? He said, yeah. Oh, yeah. We took her over to Will's Eye Hospital. And she was just being released, wearing a patch in her eye. And I'm thinking, that's it. She's not going to go out on a second date. And I thank her for doing that every single day of my life. Oh, Mitch, a tremendous first date. And kudos to your wife-to-be. Well, you said that run to the eye hospital felt like the longest run of your life. That takes us to the song you chose, that one lyric from. I have chosen Long Walk Home. I love those first couple of notes. It just kind of blends in. Beautiful. With a man on a doorstep. And Thunder Road starts with Mary's dress waving on the porch. Ah. Uh. Screen door slams. Mary's dress waves. And now I'm drawn to the doorstep. I know. Where this man is talking to a woman. Trying to figure out what went wrong. And she was gone. Poof. Well, he calls it a magic trick. And in many ways, I really think it is. The Thunder Road reference was never lost on me. My car's out back if you're ready to take that long walk. Oh, even better. I like that. Mitch, we could just dissect this first line of the song, but we're not. What is that one lyric from Long Walk Home that you want to talk about? My father said, son, we're lucky in this town. It's a beautiful place to be born. It just wraps its arms around you. Nobody crowds you. Nobody goes it alone. You know that flag flying over the courthouse means certain things are set in stone. Who we are, what we'll do, and what we won't. It's going to be a long walk home. so powerful. It came out on the Magic album in 2007 while the country was dealing with the Iraq war. 
what does that lyric mean to you? How confusing and how challenging life has become and how the good times can help you get through the bad. I kept coming back to these lyrics in this song because I consider it to be one of, let's say, a handful of masterpieces in the last 25 years of our world and of Bruce's work. And it's really a metaphor on how far, at least in America, we've moved away from freedom, from decency, from civil liberty and economic fairness. Sometimes change happens and you don't notice it while it's happening, but that's the magic trick that Bruce is always able to pull off. He pulled it off in Thunder Road, and then he referred back to it all those years later. He notices it. He writes it down in his notebook, and he's able to share that with us at some point, usually when we need it the most. And boy, do we need it the most today. Well done. I'm taken by that line, don't wait up for me. Does he just not have faith that it's worth waiting up for him? Is he telling her to go do her thing that I may never be able to come back to the man you might have thought I was? What do you think? That's really a beautiful way of looking at it. And I think there's a lot of truth. When Bruce talked about that, he was writing the songs about all the things he thought he knew, his ideals, and they had all something in common with what are now strangers. And as you mentioned, the Iraq War. He actually wrote this song the night after Bush won the second election. But it's fascinating that we're recording this today when the United States Senate will vote to ignore a president that brought on insurrection, sedition, and death in the U.S. Capitol. It is almost impossible to not take another look at these lyrics, and it's almost like from Thunder Road on, he kept imagining these long walks. I'm struck by the lyric you chose because it starts with, my father said, son, we're lucky in this town. Did it strike you at all to hear the man get fatherly advice, given that Bruce has a storied history with his own father? Absolutely. It's surprising that it was his father who said that to him. But then it was also his father who tussled his hair in my hometown. So there was a side to his father that is the reason why Bruce Springsteen lives six miles from where he grew up, which, as he talks about in the show, was the last thing he ever wanted to do. And in my conversations with Pam Springsteen, I learned a lot more about things that he did right. And he told his kids how important it was in that town and how lucky he was. Your question was great. The second line of that one lyric you chose, this town wraps its arms around you. Who doesn't want to return to a community that wraps its arms around you? And it's a beautiful community, and it may at the end of the day be one of the great gifts that a musician or an artist or someone in sports or anything can give is to create community of conversation and a community of people all over the world. And just like you, I'm sure you have friends in Italy and Spain and Sweden and Norway and Australia and New Zealand and Canada. That's for you, Charlie Harrison. Some I've never met. In fact, one gentleman in particular, I'm going to dedicate this interview today because he passed away recently. He was known as VFEN boss to most people, but I knew him as Vic from Barcelona, and he posted videos all over the world. And he was really one of the greatest fans internationally. And of course, Obi will always be the greatest fan in the States. But to follow them all over the world to the point where the band got to know Vic 
And the day he tragically died, the band was sending out tweets about him. Mitch, in 2016, on the night before the election, Bruce performed Long Walk Home at Hillary Clinton's rally outside Philadelphia's Independence Hall. In town I pass Sal's grocery. It wasn't an inspiring rendition like Land of Hope and Dreams, which we've heard for Obama and others. So why do you think Bruce picked sort of a downer on the eve of the country voting? I think there's two ways of looking at it. One, Bruce was living in the future without it ever happening yet. He has a way of seeing things that maybe some of us don't, but I think that's why he sang it. It's that's why we're here and we have the opportunity to take that long walk back home. It was almost like aliens were looking back on this world and this country, and it's just so unrecognizable. By playing that song that night, this is where he could give the most hope, not by singing Land of Hope and Dreams, at this point in time, he wanted people to say, yeah, this is where we were, and we took that long walk home. Let's not go backwards. Mitch, great perspectives. Thanks so much. We started this interview with you feeling anxious, a wreck all week trying to land on that one lyric. Are you happy with what you chose? I guarantee you, I'm going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to say, I cannot believe I didn't go with a three-minute record more than school. Thank you so much, Ted, for giving me a great challenge. And I know the show's going to be a success because as a fan, it's going to be exciting to see what people have chosen. You have a hit on your hand. <laughs> well, okay. This was your idea. I'm just mad I didn't think of it first. Well, you'll be back on because I know for the 250 shows you've seen, you have more than one lyric that you want to share with us. Thanks so much, Mitch. My pleasure. I'm so glad you got to meet Mitch Slater and hear that one lyric he chose from Long Walk Home. Truth be told, Mitch is no stranger to the Bruce community, neither are a slew of other fans I've interviewed and whose episodes I'm so excited to share with you in the coming weeks. Maybe you'd like to join them. And that means you, Danny DeVito and Stephen Colbert. Send me a message through my website, thatonelyric.com. I'd love to talk to you about that one lyric and what it means to you in your life. Plus a reminder, add your rating and review on Apple Podcasts and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for a must-have hardcover. Bruce Springsteen, The Stories Behind the Songs by Brian Hyatt. And please do me a favor, share this podcast with your friends and fellow music lovers. Again, some may roll their eyes that we can actually talk about one lyric but who cares? We're not apologizing for our fandom. I'm glad you joined me, that you're part of our community, and that you enjoyed that one lyric. I'm Ted Canova. As I say to end the tour podcast, music makes it all better. See you next time.